Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Really, Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Welcome into the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Hedke NBA. That's at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E NBA. And today I'm joined by Kyle Tige, the uh, editor-in-chief, the man in charge of Canisupas.com, my new boss. Um, I've been writing for a little bit there, but this is probably the first time I've had you on since I, I moved over, Kyle. So it's great to have you back. And I'm excited to get into this stuff today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was excited that uh, we could add you this offseason. Big, you're like our Leandro Balmero at Canis. So we added you. Um, and we're excited. I'm excited about this pod. Um, when you hit me up to record, we had nothing to talk about. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And now it's three o'clock Pacific time, Wednesday, June 16th. And I don't know, we might have to do two pods. I don't know, we have so much to talk about. So let's uh, let's jump into it. Yeah, no, that this morning I was like, ah, you know, I, there's a couple things I want to talk about. And actually it's funny. I went out and I tweeted earlier today. I said, um, I just really wish they would send out the, uh, the rookie of the year, like results. And then I, after that, I was like, you know, they're probably going to send it out, you know, a little bit later today. And then this tweet's going to be totally irrelevant. And that's exactly what, exactly what happened. We don't know, like voting wise, what, happened how many first place votes and gotten and stuff like that we're going to save that talk for a little bit later not too long but i did want to just bring up um dane moore uh host of the dane moore nba podcast the number one timberwolves podcast um is hosting a draft lottery party at forgotten star brewery in fridley minnesota it's really close to minneapolis so if you are in the area or not in the area and you want to make the trip to forgotten star brewery um there will be a draft lottery party happening um, I don't know exactly when it starts to draft lotteries at like 730, I think. So people are probably going to be showing up a little bit before that. I am hoping to go. I live a good two hours from Fridley, but I'm hoping to go, hoping to be able to make it. And I know Kyle is flying in to be there. So if you want to meet <laughs> anyone of Timberwolves Twitter, I mean, Dane's going to be there. Britt's going to be there. Kyle's going to be there. Hopefully I'm there. And I'm sure there's other people going too. So if you want to come, definitely make your trip to Fridley. Yeah, uh, like I said, I think the lottery on Tuesday, June 22nd starts at like 7.30. They kind of pigeonhole it in between like, I think it's either right before tip-off or halftime or something weird, um, whatever playoff game is and happening. It's not, and it's not a long thing. You know, the, the lottery itself it only takes, what, 15, 20 minutes or something Yeah, like there's, that, a lot so. of, there's a lot of BS before they'll introduce all the representatives and stuff. But, right. uh, but no, it's a cool event. Um, I know Dane and I have been wanting to put on live events before just to interact with people. Um, so forgotten star brewery, like I said, I think Dane and I will show up at six Brit, a lot of the other Canis guys, Jack, Mike, um, you're going to try to be there if you can get away from practice. So it'll be really cool. Um, there'll be a lot of cool, like I'll be buying if they win the lottery, it's going to get weird. Someone's going to have to buy home. Um, I'm flying in on a red eye, so I'm going to be tired already. And if they win, we're just going to go to Mayo clinic square and just start ripping shots. Um, (laughs) But no, it's going to be a good time. It'll be cool. And then right after the lottery, Britt and Dane are going to record. So uh, 
that's like the next, I mean, the lottery in general is the next big thing on our wolves calendar, but um, I'm surprised again, a week out how much you have to talk about with me as it pertains to our favorite team. So it's crazy. Exactly. Yep. And we're going to get all, all into everything that we got to talk about today, because a lot of things did come out in the Timberwolves world and the NBA in general today. But first we need to get a quick word from our sponsor bet online. Injuries have been plaguing a ton of teams so far in the NBA playoffs, and that is causing odds on sports betting to change a ton. The month of June is also heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find all of that. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. So visit their website today, that is betonline.ag, or you can even use your mobile device to join, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to betonline.ag and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Alright Kyle, so we are back, and the biggest news that came out today, like we talked about and I kind of teased a little bit there a couple minutes ago, was uh, the Rookie of the Year was announced and it went to LaMelo Ball, who, which to me and probably to a lot of people is very unsurprising. What were your initial thoughts when you heard that news? You saw that LaMelo Ball had won it. What were you, what was kind of going through your head? <sighs> um, so my, my first takeaway was I wasn't surprised, right? Like we texted you and I and like, it wasn't surprising. Um, it kind of had been leaning that way. The biggest surprise was how long it took to announce it. Um, I'm, refreshing Twitter as we speak. Um, they haven't dropped the votes yet. That's kind of what I'm the most interested in. I'm just, Me too. I knew it was going to be LaMelo. Um, Vegas knew it was going to be LaMelo. I mean, if you were shocked today, you're clearly not a gambler um, because LaMelo was favorited basically since Valentine's day. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I would imagine Ant finished second by a mile and then it was Halliburton third. It'll be interesting to see how close Halliburton was to Ant in the voting. Um, but I could either give you like a long winded rant or I could also just be like, I think NBA awards are stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, my biggest gripe, and I'm not the first one to say this, but like how all NBA affects dudes salaries like that's stupid. So the Anthony Edwards situation was he's just kind of been pegged as a guy before the draft. And a lot of people just didn't want to change their opinions of him, even though he balled out. Um, I think the most impressive stat to me for Ant was just 72. And it was that he played 72 games. I think there was 11 guys in the NBA who played 72 games this season. That was awesome. Especially as we're seeing in the playoffs now, how many guys are getting hurt. Uh, It's a war of attrition. And for a guy like him to have no real off season, no summer league, um, he's just a durable dude. So it wasn't surprising. It was disappointing, but as I'm sure you'll touch on here too, like, or cat tweeted out the crying emoji, like laughing, crying Ant tweeted out a little subtle thing. Like Anthony Edwards is the type of guy that's going to legitimately be pissed off by this. And that might be, I mean, that might be more than any award. Like he's going to be pissed. He's going to take this as a chip on his shoulder. And maybe that maybe a year from now, we're talking about him winning like a most improved or, you know, like being a fringe all all third NBA team or something. So it sucks. It's not unexpected. Um, and we're not trying to win rookie of the year awards, right? Like cats won it before. I think Wiggs won it before that didn't really do much for them. Right. We're trying to win playoff series and win games. So hopefully this leads to 
you know, one step back, six steps forward next season. So what do you think? Yeah. So I was expecting that news to come through. I, the, I was not surprised. Like you said, I want to know, well, I want to know how many first place votes Ant got. Cause I think it goes mm-hmm. first place, second place, third place, just like every other award. I want to know how many votes he actually did end up getting, because I think that he probably did get a decent share. I don't think he got like 30% probably, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got 10, 15% of the first place votes. Um, but the thing I want to kind of point out is I've seen so far and not honestly, not as much as I thought I would have seen so far, but there's been quite a number of and got snubbed and got robbed things on Twitter. And I just want to kind of backpedal that and say, I think no matter which way you slice and dice, and I've made the, the argument for Anthony Edwards all season long. I don't think, or I think it was very close either way you wanted to kind of, you know, look at it. If you made an argument for Ant or LaMelo, I would have taken it with a grain of salt and thought, you know, that makes perfect sense. I totally understand that. So I don't think he got robbed. I don't think he got snubbed. And if Ant won and LaMelo didn't, I wouldn't think that LaMelo got robbed or he got snubbed. I think they're both very deserving. And in a number of other years, both of them probably would have won the award. But they both just played really well. The argument for Ant was he played more games. He got better. Um, the argument for LaMelo was his team was better. Um, he was more efficient, all those things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't super surprised, but I did want to go ahead and just read out Ant's final stat line, because I think that's important to just kind of nail on the head one last time. Uh, he scored 19.3 points on 41.7% shooting from the field, 32.9% from three grabbed 4.7 rebounds and 2.9 assists per game. But the biggest thing to me that it doesn't even matter to me for what he for the the award i'm just talking about in-season improvement is one of the biggest things that i think stars make especially at a young age and anthony edwards post all-star break was just a freak he literally was playing like a an all-star averaging uh 23.8 points on 45 percent from the field 35 percent from three on eight attempts he also grabbed 5.3 rebounds dished 3.4 assists um and the team won 16 of their 36 games and a number of those were without uh, their second best player. So the point I'm trying to get at is I could care less about him winning the award. I know everybody makes jokes on Twitter and everybody's always tweeting about things like that, but really internally, I don't care. Um, I'm just happy that we have a guy that is going to be a star in this league and that he did improve over the course of the season. LaMelo ball started out really well and just kind of, played at that level for the whole season, which, you know, when you start out pretty high level, it's hard to go up from there. But I think Anthony Edwards started at a much lower level and took it to a level that was even higher than LaMelo's. And I think that's what's most important to me is seeing that in-season growth and how good he's going to be going into next season. And and I think that's that's better said than I could have done it. Um, I think the thing I wanted to get away from, I know it'd be fun to go like full Stephen A. Smith and just rant and rip. But like, I really loved watching LaMelo ball play basketball. Exactly. And if you go and like did a graph, LaMelo ball's best period of the season came when the wolves were complete trash. Like when the wolves were having just those getting pummeled every night. Um, So he like uplifted my basketball experience for a little bit. So that's why I don't want to come on here and bash him. I'm upset with how the voting process will probably turn out and, some of the people that 
didn't vote for Ant or have some weird stigma against him. But LaMelo Ball was really fun. Like, he was a really fun player to watch. Um, and like you said, and I wrote this earlier today on Canis, but like more than anything, it just should shut up all the people that really just kind of crapped on that draft class because they said there was no star potential. And we're going to see the top three vote getters are all superstar caliber players in, in Edwards and Halliburton and Ball. So, um, again, as we just talked about this lottery party in a, in a week, last lottery, it was about a year ago, less than a year ago, that uh, the Wolves had the seventh best opportunity. Like, they were seventh in the lottery, you know, projections. Like, they had to get lucky to win. And they were staring down the barrel of the seventh best player in a bad draft and they got lucky in one and got ants. So I'm, I don't give, I really don't care about a glass trophy. Uh, I'm more hyped that ant, like you said, and you just gave all the stats developed over the second half of the season, uh, blew up and now he's pissed and he should be setting himself up for a huge, huge sophomore season. Yeah. And the thing that I really want to just kind of point out is when you talk about a guy who had a really bad, um, start to their rookie year and then really just finished off with a um a stellar I should say stellar second half of the season. The last guy to really have that like top tier player cuz a lot of players have done that on more of a minor scale. The last player to um do that was Trey Young and Trey Young as a rookie went from having pretty similar numbers to Anthony Edwards prior to um the all-star break. And then after the all-star break, he just blew up just like, it. and it was very similar yep. arc to the season and their stats actually lined up really well for, um, their rookie seasons. Like I said, Edwards was like 19, um, five and three. And he shot 48 from two and 33 from three Trey young averaged 19, four rebounds, eight assists, 47.7 from two, 32.4 from three. So his percentages were even worse, but kind of the same thing. And we're like, well, whatever that those numbers are good rookie numbers. But the next season is when Trey young went off averaged almost 30 points a game, um, as a, as a sophomore in the league. And I think that's, what's most impressive to me is how much that in-season growth helped him to grow even more going into his next season. And if we see something, even half of what that was. So Trey jumped up 10 points per game. If Ant jumps up half of that, four or five points a game, now all of a sudden he's a 24 point per game scorer. And his percentages are probably going to be a little bit better just because they started to get better after the, the second half of the season. So if Ant can follow tra- trajectory like that, I think that's just really promising. And he also had a really, you know, similar season to Luka Doncic as a rookie. Luka was a little bit better, averaged 21 points grabbed eight rebounds, dished six assists, and shot 50 from two and a little bit worse than Ant from three, 32.7. So Anthony Edwards is up there with a couple guys that were really close to winning, um, you know, not winning rookie year, but just being like top tier rookies that we've like ever seen. And then really, really good sophomores, like some of the best sophomores that have ever been in the league. So I am excited for the future of it. I could care less if he has that trophy sitting on his mantle we've already had cat win it we've had wiggins win it we're okay with that let's get him an all-star appearance next season and just let that all take care of that okay yeah. that's yeah. my total and and thing for, yeah, for, for every for every luka Doncic or ben simmons or carl Towns that won it 
Um, there are, you know, Tyreek Evans, uh, Emeka Okafor, Michael Carter-Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, who, I mean, I like Brogdon. Uh, I liked Tyreek Evans a lot, but I'm just saying, like, if you, if you go back and you're just looking at, like, historic winners, go look at who finished second, right? Like, yeah, John Morant won it last year, but, I mean, Zion was in the hunt. I mean, there's, there's guys that don't win it that end up being the best player in that draft class as well. So it's just a trophy. It is a bummer. Um, but I think, again, my, my overall conclusion is that it's not a surprise. The thing I really want to know, and I'm, it's still not announced officially by the league, um, it'll be interesting to see the votes. Like That, that right. would be what I would tune in for is how close was it between Ball and Edwards and how close was it between Halliburton and Edwards as well because that's that's thing. And then I'd also like to see too, like you said about first place votes. I'm curious to see because voters are so weird. Like Derek and Derek Rose got that. Um, didn't he get like an MVP vote? Yeah, or something. Yeah, that was the fans though. Right, right. But I'm just saying, like, it'll yeah. be interesting to see uh, on the the all NBA teams. There were some weird guys that got a vote. It'll be interesting to see like the like who's who do you think would be the fourth rookie? Right, like it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, like there's going to be Isaiah Stewart and Emmanuel yep. quickly, and yep. then like Desmond Bain's going to get a vote. And just a ton of people are just going to get random votes. So I'm really excited to see it. And, you know, it's going to come out like right after we finish recording because yep, that's yeah. as soon that's as you're done happened. with this, it'll be posted. So, <laughs> but if you go back to when Trey and Luca were rookies, uh, Luca got 98 out of the 100 first place votes. Trey got two of them. I would be surprised if it's that big of gap. Like, I think LaMelo might get 80 five of them and Ant might get 15 of the first place votes and actually Tyrese might get a couple of the first place votes too just because he was having a really solid season as well but I just think when you the argument that was made against Anthony Edwards all season long was that he was just a inefficient chucker and like my argument to that was that's who wins rookie of the year like those are the people mm-hmm. that get voted to win rookie of the year I like to base it on how electric of player you are how fun you are and Ant gets Ant gets points for that, and so does LaMelo. LaMelo is electric in his own right on the court. But the whole impacting winning thing like that is like LaMelo Ball impacted winning, in my opinion, one, because he's good, two, because he was drafted by a team who wasn't at the bottom of the league. The Wolves had the third worst record last season. Then they got Ant. The Hornets jumped up from eighth to third to get LaMelo. So they got lucky and already had a better team um, set up for him to succeed. And they brought in Gordon Hayward too. So I think he was just in a better position overall. So the impacting winning thing to me always is thrown out the window, not just because it's Anthony Edwards, but like every single year, unless you're like carrying your team to like a four seed. I don't really Mm -hmm. care if you are barely scraping into the playoffs, you're in the playing tournament or you're the bottom of the league. I could care less. The only way winning matters is if you're like taking your team to like contention level, mm-hmm. which no rookie ever does because it's just rookies are supposed to be bad. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was cool. It was cool to see cat who I know is on vacation right now. Um, like tweet that, like tweet out those emojis and like, just to see like, I mean, NBA Twitter is still a small representation of just like anything on Twitter is a small representation of right. the world. But uh, it was cool to see how many people, like you said, thought Ant was robbed or said some of those things. It was just cool to see the support he's gotten because um, this award is pretty meaningless in the grand schemes of things, unless you bet on it, which it did. So I lost out on that. But uh, but I mean, no, it's it's pretty meaningless. But what we saw from Ant 
going forward, the most important thing is, is he is a franchise player. Like I know I'm dropping superstar terminology and all this stuff, but like he did everything you wanted on the court. He got better. You know, Brennan just gave all the statistics and then he also was everything you wanted off the court. I mean, I got to attend a lot of those zoom meetings and I'll never forget that time. He, he stood up for Carl after the Jimmy Butler thing in Miami or just the funny things he would say after games. Like he does everything you want from a franchise guy. He was, we're recording on Wednesday. He was at the Lynx game last night uh, at target center. So he seems just like a flat out, you know, a one dude in all categories. Um, sounds like he's going to take an L here on this award, but uh, it could be again, one step back for a huge sophomore season. And that's what matters is because like you said, we've won it with Wiggins, right? We've won it with Carl and it meant nothing. Um, so let's see if maybe not winning a rookie of the year will, will lead to like you and I attending a playoff game in 2022. So. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that um, give LaMelo his flowers. He had an awesome season and had an awesome season. Um, and it's, I think it just kind of has to be left at that. Uh, so I, I went to look at the 2018, 19 voting so I could talk about Luke and Trey and this is totally off topic, but um, <laughs> Josh Akogi got a third place rookie of the year vote as a rookie. One third you, place vote. What, what's going to blow me away, and I'm I'm refreshing Twitter as we speak. Jaden's going to get I'm, some. You know who's going to get one? This is what I was talking about with the Derek Rose thing. Like James Wiseman's going to get votes. Yeah. But like, I'm not even, I know people know that I like to shit on James Wiseman, but like, he sh- he could still be a really good player. He did zero things this year to like impact winning. That statistic is like the Warriors were so much better with him off the court. He's a project. He missed a ton of games and he's still going to get votes. So like, yeah, of course, J- Jaden is 100% going to get a random vote here or there. So right. that'll be, Balmero might get a vote. I mean, who knows? These people yeah. are weirdos <laughs> when it comes to voting. So um, it'll be interesting to see when that, when that comes out. So, so yeah, I'm with you though. Congrats to LaMelo because he did have a great year. I loved watching him play when he was at his kind of peak and figuring it out. And he made that Hornets seem really fun. So the uh, the league is set up well, whereas we're starting to see with not only Ball and Edwards and Halliburton, but I mean, these young guys like Morant and Tatum and and Aiton and all these guys. And obviously you said Trey and Lucas. So uh, basketball, basketball has probably never been at a better spot with with the young talent it's got coming through through the pipeline. So Yeah, no, I'm just... Excited about that and excited for the future of the league with not only these rookies, but the sophomores that are in the league and then the third year players that are just taking off. Like even DeAndre Ayton has really come into his own. So there's just a ton of guys that I think are just really quality NBA players that are after LeBron retires, after KD is, you know, slowing down, things like that. Like the league's going to be in good hands. And I think that's all you can ask for as an NBA fan. Um, So I'm just overall really excited for that. Uh, Before we move on, I do want to get another quick, uh, Ad break in, so I'll be right back. If you're looking for the best meat in the market, you have to go to Moink and get the most delicious meat you have ever tasted in your entire life. Get Moink right now. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it is the best bacon he's ever tasted. And I agree. And Jamie Simonoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink. So why do just four companies control 80% of the meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. You can help change that with moinkbox.com. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe right now and listen to the show get free bacon for a year with every box order. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but only for a limited time. 
spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash B-L-E-A-V. That's moinkbox.com slash B-L-E-A-V. All right, so Kyle, we're going to move off the Rookie of the Year thing unless you have any really dire last words. I don't think I have much else to say on it. So the other thing I want to talk about um, and really just want to talk to you about it it's kind of a funny thing, but Alex Rodriguez responded to an Instagram comment the other day. Um, basically, the comment, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was T-Wolves Country that had tweeted it out. And they said, he said something about keep the team in Minnesota or something along those lines. And Alex Rodriguez went to that post and um, said, we will. So that to me, and I... I went to eight years of law school. That sounds like a legal (laughs) binding contract that he has to keep the Timberwolves in Minnesota. Do you agree? I mean, yeah, I don't, I think we're, we're officially set. I don't think we need to worry about it anymore. The wolves are never moving. So no, I mean, and and it's, I tweeted, I think I said this the other day, but like, it's so funny covering this team as we do, because we do cover the team on the side. Um, And it's like one day I'm reading a, like a legal doc, the, court proceeding or the situation between Glenn Taylor and Myers Orbach. And then the next day I'm just like searching these random wolves fans accounts on Instagram, trying to find the comment section. So um, no, that, that whole situation, I know Dane and Britt talked about it on a pod that just went up too. it's like, it's, it's, it's so funny, but not funny in a comical way that like the, the last team that was sold before the wolves was the Utah jazz. And it happened overnight. They just like right. were sold to this billionaire guy who wears backwards hats and yeah. hangs out with, and then he gets brought in Dwayne Wade like two weeks later. Um, that's awesome. Like that's how you want to do any business transaction is clean and cut and without emotion. Um, when Glenn Taylor's involved, it's never that easy. So we're on like what month, I don't know, 36 of Glenn Taylor possibly selling from all accounts. It seems like it's going to sell. Um, it's going to go through, but yeah, to the original question, it was weird, right? Like they, Alex Rodriguez is very active on in, or on Twitter, as is Mark Laurie. Um, but they like dance around ever doing anything Wolves related. I mean, right. A-Rod's worn a polo a couple times. Um, he was at the Miami game uh, down in South Beach. But it's just, it's just so Wolves that like the first big comment wasn't even like a tweet. It was just like a comment, like a reply on Instagram. So right. I don't know. I mean, we're, 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 I don't, I haven't been doom and gloom about them moving because like you, I understand just the natural discussion of expansion versus relocation. Um, but I also don't think it's where we've heard the end of it. I mean, I, I do think that Lori and Rodriguez will take over the team in a couple of years. And I think at some point they'll fight for a new stadium. Like, I think that's what you do when you own a team is like, who can we get public funding for a new stadium? Target center is not a nice stadium. Like they, re- yeah, they no, renovated it, but it's a joke. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm just and being I, honest with you. I'm- I haven't, so I'll put this out there. Um, so I recorded my last podcast. I talked about the possibility of the Timberwolves moving. And one thing I really touched on was the wanting of a new stadium and full transparency. I've never been to another NBA arena um, in person other than target center. But I can say that I know it's one of the worst stadiums in the league, regardless, just by talking to people, reading things, all these things. But ownership, if they're buying a team and they have the worst arena, 
they're going to want a new arena at some point. And the whole basis of that last podcast was um, if the, you know, the community, the state isn't willing to help them fund a new arena that they potentially probably will want, then I think you might be looking at kissing your franchise goodbye. The, the thing that I kind of backtrack, a little, I'm not as doom and gloom as some people. I know Dane Moore. People think he's just like apocalyptically like doom. <laughs> um, I totally agree with a lot of what Dane's sta- saying on this topic, but I'm not quite to that worried level yet. But um, because I do think that the NBA really would like to expand rather than, you know, move franchises mm-hmm. from one mm-hmm. market to another. But I think that the expansion thing matters more to the NBA of we wouldn't move the Timberwolves to Seattle because that's where we want to expand to, but we would maybe move the Timberwolves to Kansas city or, Mm -hmm. or one of those other markets where it's a relatively decent sized market and the Timberwolves had to leave, but we didn't risk getting rid of like an expansion market like Las Vegas or Seattle. Um, Now, like you, like you said, and I kind of, went off on a tangent there, but the stadium thing is big. A lot of owners want new stadiums and the Timberwolves are going to have to get a new stadium soon or do some crazy renovations to target center. Like maybe take, leave the floor and then just kind of tear everything down and then just build around the court. I think that's the only hope to renovating target center is like leaving the court on first Ave and then just, tearing everything down a certain from scratch. If you want to call that a renovation, that's the only renovation I think that'll save target center because they already and, spent millions on it. And, and that, and yeah, that's a good point. Like the renovation that they've already done um, happened. So I, I interned for the links and wolves many years back, but um, one of the things about that is like, I got to see all the behind the scenes stuff, like, cause I'm on the inner workings of, I mean, I was up on the catwalk and I was also down in the basement and stuff. Um, and like, there's, I think this is right. Like there's one elevator. One like in the like in the, the building whole thing, um, and like that doesn't probably offend or affect a wolves listener to this or a lynx listener to this, but when you start to think the logistics of some of that stuff, it's like there's there's one elevator, there's a, there's more elevators in like the Holiday Inn that's across the street from where you live than there is at Target Center. So so yeah, I think I think a lot of people made the connection to when Seattle the Sonics moved to Oklahoma City, um. But I also think too, because you brought up Dane, um, it's a good point. It's a good story. It's really worth researching. But that was also in 2010. It was under you know Stern at the time, who was the commissioner. Um, Silver's the guy now, and I, I just me, I don't think Silver's going to want to see teams relocate. I think he wants to see growth. I don't think he wants to see that. And another thing that doesn't get brought up enough is like if you go back and really dig into the Milwaukee Bucks situation when they got new ownership they had the same kind of thing. Like we got to figure out a new stadium. We play, I think don't hold me to this, but I think they were playing at like the coal center or something. It wasn't a good arena. Um, and they went back and forth and then the owners stepped up and put some money and they got some money. And like, I can't remember if it was all privately funded, but in the end they got a new stadium and they kept the team there. So I just think we're nine years away from these conversations really picking up steam. So I'd rather talk about basketball stuff, but yeah, the A-Rod stuff is interesting. It's been wild that, that was their first comment. And I mean, God forbid, I hope they have more comments coming forward, but again, they also haven't been approved by the league. So it's just a weird, weird wolvesy thing to be going on. So, so you think, you think that you, what, what are your, what are your odds? Like, again, I just said nine years, but what do you, do you think it's 25% chance that they move 
35%? Like how? Um, I'll backtrack a little bit and say that $250 million of the Pfizer Forum, which is the Bucks Arena, was publicly funded. That's so, what was, thank you. Thank you. That's so they, they did publicly fund 250 million of that. I don't know exactly how much it costs, maybe 500 million or something. It's like a, that. it's a super sweet place. Like that whole area is heard. really cool. I've heard. So um, a good call on that. Okay. But anyway, so back to your question, percentage wise of them moving just in general, like relatively soon, obviously, you know, like you can never put something on 50 years down the line, but like you know, relatively soon you're asking percentage of them to move. Okay. Um, I would say 25%. I don't think it's even up towards 50. I think the NBA not only wants to expand over moving, but I think Minneapolis is like a good market for them to be in. When you think of Milwaukee, isn't a huge market. And then other than that, there's like no market up North until like Portland. So there's, there's nothing there and you don't want to skip out on Minneapolis and move it to like Kansas city. And there's not a lot of markets in the middle too, but that's a lot closer to get to like Memphis or to get to Oklahoma city or Dallas or Houston or San Antonio. Um, so I don't think it's really that high. I think the NBA is going to fight to keep it in, in Minnesota at the end of the day, millionaires, like eventually or billionaires eventually get what they want. But I I don't know if they want to like there's like good outside of basketball reasons to stay in the Minnesota market as well. Like I was looking it up and Minnesota has 16 fortune 500 companies or something like that, which ranks in like the top 15 states. Like there's a lot of business to be had here. And those two are businessmen. Mm-hmm. They've like Mark Lurie's always been and Alex Rodriguez has really gone into it since he retired. So like, yeah, I don't think that it's like, crazy to imagine the NBA wanting to be here and Alex Rodriguez wanted to be here. Yeah. The weather in Minnesota is not always glamorous, but who cares? Alex Rodriguez is not going to live in Minnesota. And with all due respect to all of your fans uh, tuning into this podcast from Kansas city, it's not like uh, Kansas city is also a hot spot for tourism. Um, but they do like, have some really good barbecue. Oh, uh, for sure. For sure. And they have best the best ribs I've ever <laughs> had. I, I, it's weird because I guess kind of my conclusion on this talking point is that I just have never been that spooked by, I mean, like I've been following the wolves for 32 years or as long as I can remember. Um, and Glenn Taylor has owned them and they've been bad. And I, as someone who studied management and went to graduate school for management, I believe that usually those issues of being poor at something lead to the top. Um, and they tie into Glenn Taylor. He's a great guy, but I don't think he's a great, professional men's basketball team owner. So I think they needed change. Um, there also wasn't, I mean, you just listed that thing about fortune 500 companies um, knowing some of the inner workings behind the scenes. It, there wasn't a lot of people itching to buy this team that were local. There weren't right. a lot of people that had the money. I know the Kevin Garnett stuff. I know some of the stuff that maybe hasn't been reported, but at the end of the day, like, he didn't have local people in his corner that would front the money. Yeah, he'd be a great representative for the team. And I hope that the A-Rod Lori group brings him on. Which as, has been rumored to possibly and, and be I a hope thing. they bring him. Yeah, I hope they bring him on in more of a D Wade sit courtside, yeah. talk right. shit, motivate the young guys. Help cap with some defense. Yeah, not not into a decision making process. Right. Because again, Kevin Garnett is my favorite 
basketball player of all time. Um, and he's the reason I'm, I do what I do and I cheer for who I cheer for. But, uh, I also have Instagram and I know that that dude is a little crazy and yeah. I don't want that man being the guy that's making my basketball operations decisions. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, the moving thing, I think it seems so far away from now. And that if this team is winning games and has a successful front office and a successful coach, um, it's going to be easier for them to the, the, the public funding of stadiums is a conversation for another day. Cause it's, I mean, I, I don't really necessarily believe in like taking more money from people to fund something like that. Um, but it, if, if the team is good, a rod and Laurie will have a better chance of, you know, kind of having leverage and negotiations and teams do this all the time and they threaten moving, but between now and then I think Seattle and Vegas get teams or they, you know, have a chance at right. teams. So it's just, to me, it was a funny wolf story that a rod was buried in the comment section of an Instagram post. But, um, outside of that, I think it's, I think it's a summer topic for us to talk about that we probably wouldn't pay much attention to come like October. So, yeah. And to put this out there, the, the state of Minnesota and the city of Minneapolis together, um, they paid about 500 million of the 1.1 billion to build us bank stadium. Um, Mm -hmm. so the Timberwolves stadium would cost nowhere near $1.1 billion. That is not what NBA arenas in Minnesota cost or in like medium sized markets cost. Um, they're a lot smaller and used for less things Then you're not having the monster jam inside target center. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that they, uh, I think that the public is open to it, but you got to probably be a pretty decent team for them right, to do it. Right. Cause like the Vikings have been good. So like if they could be good for the next couple years and then they want a new stadium, they're like, you know, we build this new stadium. They're going to stay here. They're good. They're bringing money into the state. Like, I think it's going to make more sense if they're still at the bottom of the league, then public probably isn't looking to fund the stadium um, at all. So it kind of the the Metrodome collapsed. (laughs) Like, yeah. And they literally had to do something like they had to do something. Um, So, I mean, the, the Timberwolves aren't in that again, if if you knew what I can make the target center collapse. Do we need yeah, that? To yeah, happen? We, we'll work on that. If A Rod, yeah. you're listening. Um, no, anyone who attended a Wolves game prior to that renovation, I mean, the Target Center, even the if the Target Center could speak, would say I'm the worst arena in the in the country. Um, well, it was built so, on a budget. That whole when the Timberwolves were like bought, like originated, it was all a budget deal, man. Like, yeah, and it was, was a, not it's a multi-purpose a there. stadium and stuff too. I mean, I for like, hockey. If you come and, out, yeah, if you come out here and see like what the Tacoma Dome in Tacoma, Washington looks like, I mean, it's still standing. It's still functional. It was one of the first like multi-purpose arenas in the country, but it's a, a hellhole now. Right. But, uh, but yeah, the renovation has, has really cleaned it up and there's some nice, uh, you know, attributes of it, but that that'll be a talking point. I mean, if you and I are still covering this team down the road, a new stadium has always been something that has to be talked about, but it was kind of waiting until the new owner comes in. So I don't, I'm not worried about moving. I think A-Rod and Laurie do get the team at some point. Uh, I think the interesting part about, not to pivot your question, but like going to Glenn Taylor, that whole legal situation. Um, John Krasinski had this. Chris Hines had this. Dane had this. uh, You get to see some of the like inner workings of how this all works. Like I thought it was interesting. I've always heard the Saunders family was a minority owner in the team, but to see that they were like 0.224% which is still, if you put that in Excel times 1.5 billion, it's, it's a, lot a lot of money. money. Um, but 
but it was just an interesting thing to see that because I had no idea. Um, and to see some of the other minority owners listed and how much they own, um, it was kind of you don't see that unless it has right. to be public. And so there's a lot of transparency that came, yeah, that came out of that. So that, that, like, and John pointed that out is it's kind of interesting to see like what actually is going on with the ownership groups and things like that. That's not something you typically see. Um, but then obviously the court stuff all brought that out. So yeah, I, that was a long winded, I mean, answer to just kind of a rod's Instagram comment. That was literally two words and an exclamation point, but, um, it sparked a bigger conversation more or less than just the, will they stay? Yep. They're staying. Obviously it's not, the comment really doesn't mean anything, but I think one thing I think it actually, I take that back. I think it means a little something. He could have just completely ignored that comment and not said anything. So the idea that he went out there and like said something, it's not like he was in a press conference and like, Oh, will you keep the Timberwolves in Minnesota? He's like, we will. He was on Instagram and just decided to reply to that. So I think it means like a little something, not that it really does on a grand scale, but I, but something's there. I think I, anyone who listens to this knows that Brendan and I are two of the most like optimistic people in the world. When, especially when it comes to this team. So I'm not trying to rain on your parade because I just said, I don't think they're going to move. Right. But I, it's also like my counter to that or my devil's advocate is like, he is plugged into social media, right? A-Rod and Laurie are always posting. That's true. Maybe they've had so many replies. I mean, go look at the next time one of those two guys tweets and look at their replies. It's people just being like, don't move the team, don't move the team. If they saw that, maybe he's like, let me just throw the fans a bone. I mean, I watched Kyrie Irving stand at center court in Boston and say, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back, I'm never leaving, giving right. Celtics fans what they wanted, and then he was out of there. So I don't think it means anything but it was, it's great for us to talk about because, again, prior to today, I mean, I don't know, dude. It was just how much bull marrow highlights do you want to watch before you overdose? So we'll so, see. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I guess did – I guess I don't know the answer. Did that comment come under one of his posts or was that a comment under the page's post? Oh. Was it one of A-Rod's Instagram posts that someone commented and he replied to it? Oh my God. I don't even, I'm not, I just know how to post stories on IG. I don't know how to, I think, I think someone had commented on, uh, no, on Dane, Dane, Dane did the digging on this shout out to big J Dane. Uh, A-Rod had a post. He's like sitting in a chair. I think it's like when Mark Laurie cut his tie off or whatever. Okay. And then someone commented on it and was like, don't move the team. And then he's like, I won't. So yeah. And I a, see, I thought it was under that pages. So like A-Rod had somehow like, Oh no, he, no, 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 no. Went to find it. Find them. You know? No, no, no. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that makes even less for me means something. And I get what you're saying. Like they are, that's true. They are very plugged in. So they're not very like, are they, maybe they were just throwing a bone. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the first part of today's or actually for today's pod. Uh, we're going to do a second part here. Um, keep them shorter so people can maybe listen to it on the commute to and from work like I always do. So that's going to do it for the first part. Kyle and I will be back. If you're listening to this on Thursday, we'll be back on Friday for um, another episode. We're going to be talking about the draft lottery a little bit. Um, NBA coaches being fired and Chris Finch. And then also comparing the Timberwolves to some playoff teams. So Thank you all for listening to this. Thank you, Kyle, for doing this. We'll jump back on here in a minute and start recording the next one. Um, but anyways, you have listened to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. Uh, thank you all for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace out.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.